0: Wall Street is full of corruption, and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over 100 years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar, with Steve Grumbi. All right, everybody, it is Steve, The Rogue Scholar, and today we're gonna to talk about this word, whataboutism, right? Whataboutism, which is just absolutely impacting everything that we talk about, from student debt cancellation, what about the people that previously you know, paid off their loans, from dealing with, uh, you know, reparations and stuff. What about those people? And for dealing with all the factors regarding the January 6th, uh, you know, insurrection, whatever you want to call this thing. The fact is, is that we have got a constant state of whataboutism in this country. You never can get further than just the point that you're making. It's always, always, always tied up. And what about the other guy? What about them over there? And, you know, for us, for me, for the way I view the world, I envision us, if we ever want to make progress, that we've got to lose the whataboutisms, okay? We've got to lose the whataboutisms, and we've got to lose it quickly, because everything that happens right now in society is always based on owning the other guy instead of doing what's right. Instead of solving the problem that's in front of you, we're always looking backward or sideways instead of fixing what needs to be fixed. And I'm sure you've noticed this because, let's be fair, as soon as we start talking about the environment, some other environmental crackpot of the oil and gas variety will say, well, I noticed that you're driving an SUV. Or they'll sit there and you say, well, gosh, we can't vote for Biden. Biden literally put forward the the bill that made it impossible to discharge student debt. He put forward the crime bill. This is a guy who made uh, bankruptcy laws even harder. He signed off for Clarence Thomas. This is a man who's an albatross, a horrible, horrible guy that wanted to cut Social Security, cut Medicare. He's even still trying to privatize Medicare. And then all of a sudden you gotta hear, well, what about Trump? Or if you're criticizing the Democratic Party or you're criticizing progressives or leftists as a whole, some fucking sea lion will come in and say, well, what about the Republican Party? When are you going to talk about the Republican Party? See, we can't talk about the problem at hand because we're steeped in what about right? It's always what about this and what about that. So I had the opportunity to interview Joe Burns on this great book, Class Struggle Unionism. Okay. And I'm also going to be talking to Alan Minsky and Harvey Kay about the 21st Century Bill of Rights. And why do I tell you this stuff? Well, if you think about it, class struggle unionism is a very, very key transition period in the labor movement to bring about a more militant, direct, uh, cross-industry, very much a synergistic movement of all labor, not just some labor, okay? And unfortunately, some of the old guard don't like that. But what he says in this book, is directly contradictory to many of the people that shamed and castigated me personally for saying, hey, I think we're stronger out of power with Bi- without Biden than in power with Biden, why? Because what have we seen in this, ele- not just the election, but since the election? We have seen Biden be a feckless, shitty leader, okay? Who has made it even more challenging for progressives to get anything done and is in fact making it possible for a Trump part two. Imagine how impossible that sounds, that there's a potential for a Trump part two because Democrats have been so abysmal. They have given all kinds of air cover for fascism. They have given all kinds of air cover for why in the world would we vote Democrat when all you do is say you're gonna fall in line with this guy who has done nothing for us. But worse, the most important part of this comes down to the rank-and-file Democrats, the vote blues, who literally went back to brunch. The labor leaders who feel really comfortable now that they get invited to the White House once again. All the people that, oh, the world is better now. Oh, I'm not being excluded from brunch. They're inviting me to brunch, so now everything's okay. And you say, but no, everything's not okay. Everything's not okay. I'm not okay. Life is not okay. The environment's not okay. We're at constant war within our own country against the poor. We are in a class war. Everything's not okay. But what do you get? You get well, what about Trump? What do you want? The Republicans? What choice do we have? Of course we have to. I've talked to family members, family members who are disconnected from political realities, and they don't understand that the power that you put into office, the power that you invest yourself into is the power that you've got to support once you've done it because all of their actions are a reflection of you now. So it doesn't matter what about Trump. If Trump would have been reelected, who knows what would have happened? I didn't want Trump. I didn't vote for Trump, but I also didn't vote for Joe Biden. My vote doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. What is relevant, however, is the fact that when you present very coherent, cogent arguments about, look, You're telling me the most important thing is we've got to revive the labor movement. You're telling me what's the most important thing is that we take no prisoners, that we actually make demands. However, the minute we make demands, there's some sea lion waiting over your shoulder going, well, you know, actually, do you have some credible sources to to explain this modern monetary theory thing to me? Hey, Steve, or hey, you, you know, are you sure that that's right? Are you sure? Are you? How could you know? Right. To all these sea lioning, whataboutisms, trolling, you name it. We are at a point in our history where we don't have time to debate these things any longer. OK, we don't. But because we lack power, because we lack station. We allow people of well-to-do interests, millionaires, billionaires, people who have made their fortunes off the backs of labor, people who have made their fortunes off of our misdeeds, our lives going in, you know, in the toilet, they have profited off of this. They've profited off of our foreclosures or they buy up houses and resell them for huge profits. We end up watching it happen when they buy up our houses and then rent them back to us for a nickel. I mean, for a nickel more than we were paying for it to begin with, or a dollar, a hundred dollars, a thousand, keep raising the inflation. But what about, right? It's always what about. It's always the thing that we're demanding change from. There's always some person sitting there waiting to tell us, yeah, but what about Trump? What about Mitt Romney? What about John McCain? You know, what about Bob Dole? What about Bob? You know, what about? And when we talk about student debt, I paid off my student debt. What about me? Can you imagine being a slave, chattel slave, being whipped, tortured, having your spouse taken from you, raped in front of you, and having your kids taken and sent to faraway plantations never to be seen again. And then all of a sudden someone comes through and says, we're going to end slavery. And can you imagine that slave saying, well, well, what about me? Hey, I had to pay the price. I was, I was a slave. Why can't everybody be a slave? Why shouldn't everybody be a slave? I'm not willing to give that up. Can you imagine that? I can't either. But that is the degree to which our society lives and dies in this what about state. When I think about January 6th, okay, I heard the commanders, Washington commanders, uh, defensive coordinator come out, and he literally got fined $100,000, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. He got fined, chastised, had to address the team. But he was saying, well, what about Black Lives Matter? What about all those protests where the black people burned down the cities? What about, never mind the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse is walking the streets free after shooting people. Forget all that. He's, what about? As they're dusting, they're talking about this January 6th thing, he calls it a dust up. Now, I'm telling you right now, I know that a lot of this is democratic propaganda at some level. There's a lot of it that's simply not propaganda. A lot of this is simply a matter of people are really pissed off. Whether you agree with them or not is another story. But people in general, I think right and left, are very pissed off at the state of our country and the state of our economy and the state of life in general. Now, whether or not you find solace in the business friendly Democratic Party or whether you find solace in the crazy but business friendly Republican Party, either way, they both, both literally are pointing at each other saying, What about? There's no substantive policy difference when it comes to business in these guys. Okay. The idea of every single aspect of Joe Biden's initiatives were. Just shelved, not because the Democrats didn't have the House and because they didn't have the Senate and because they didn't have the White House. They were shelved because Democrats self sabotaged these plans. And nowhere did you see Joe Biden chasing them down, scolding them, beating them up, or et cetera. No. Instead, Joe Biden just basically took it beta style, letting them sniff his ass, roll it over, and gave up the belly. Okay. And nothing fundamentally changed as he promised. Okay, so the concept of what about really comes down to more about what we want, what we need, and not worrying about the other thing. Stop pointing away from the facts of what we need. We have masked poverty in this country. We've got to take direct action on it. If the Democratic Party does not follow suit, does not do what it's supposed to do, I don't want to hear about the Republican Party the democrats literally didn't do what they were supposed to do they lied to you they're not your friend now does this mean the republicans are Fuck no this is the what about shit. no do you understand that every time you enable someone to abuse you you open the door you turn the green light on and they abuse you more because there's no credible threat of you saying no There's no credible threat of you actually standing against them. There's no credible threat whatsoever. Okay? You never see unions win contracts by capitulating. Okay? So what happens when a union decides they're going to go on strike? And then 20 people try to cross the picket line. And you hold tight and you don't let them through one would call that violence one might say they might even get arrested but it might be necessary to get that point through but there is an insane amount of cowardice and a sane amount of whataboutism that blocks us from taking those bold steps that stops us from fucking doing exactly what we know we need to do When we talk about modern monetary theory, modern monetary theory, the thing that gives people democratic control over the money to understand what's happening, to fight back. You get socialists whining, oh, they just want to prop up capitalism. Bullshit. Most MMTers, not all, most MMTers are either socialists, communists, or democratic socialists. Either way, they're almost all to the point of being way left of anyone in office right now. Okay? So these people that saunter about saying, this is just you trying to prop up capitalism, it's bullshit, right? It's bullshit. But this is what what whataboutism gets you, okay? They don't understand, so they just immediately jump to some whatabout bullshit. Okay? Now, now, flip around, flip around. You talk about MMT with Republicans. What do they think? Oh, it's socialist bullshit. This is your socialist crap. What about? And then somebody will say, well, MMT, if it's the system, then how come? Why do bad things happen to good people? If there's really a God, what about? Okay. The truth is, is that if we don't understand the tools at our disposal, we can achieve absolutely nothing. The wash, rinse, repeat cycles that we have dealt with for the last 50 years, the last 50 years during this neoliberal period, have kept us in bondage, have kept us in chains. Okay? So first things first, the Greens, as a point of reference, could not even register a single percentage point with Howie Hawkins. I I think Ralph Nader, the high point was 2.5%. Okay, I want you to understand that this is the most socialist party we've got in this nation, 2.5%. And that's just the voters. That's not even including the rest of the country. Okay? So if you understand what I'm saying here, okay, you understand, I literally, literally, I'm talking to experts that are trying to do the real organizing. Chris Smalls was at Labor Notes this weekend. They were talking about it. Okay? These people are your heroes until they tell you something that goes against the Democratic Party. If that's the case, we're fucked. You get it? We're fucked. If you can't possibly handle the Democratic Party being criticized because they're supposed to be our vehicle to getting things done, if you can't handle that, you're part of—no, you are the problem. You're not part of it. You are the problem. Okay, because this is what happens when you have a abusive spouse that literally takes advantage of you and you take it like a doormat, you take it like a doormat. There's no incentive whatsoever to change. They say power concedes nothing without a demand. This is straight out of the union handbook, straight out of the union handbook that most people lie and claim they support until all of a sudden they have to criticize the Democratic Party. Once they do that, you can see their true colors shine out because they no longer are willing to do that. Now, this could, I, am, I am a registered Democrat. Not because I like the Democrats, but because the Democratic Party blocked the Green Party from even being on the ballot. That's how snaky they are. They fought them in court to block Greens from even being allowed to be on the ballot, folks. On the ballot. You say, well, what about Trump? I don't care about Trump. I care about the people that are supposed to be fighting for me. That's what I care about. And when they capitulate to neoliberalism, I care about that too. See, it's not about what about all these other things. It's about setting a positive view for what you want, what we as a movement demand. And if all we do is roll over like a beta dog and let them sniff our fucking sack, while they take advantage of us, that right there is not useful citizenry at all. That's a feckless citizen. It's a citizen that's not doing their civic responsibility of holding their party accountable for not listening. And let me tell you something else too. The direct result, and this came out of a fantastic interview. It'll be airing, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday on Macro and Cheese. The most important thing to understand is that because people were able to push Biden into office, even though no one wanted him, no one wanted him. I don't even think Joe Biden wanted it, okay? Because we pushed him in there. Union bosses across the world got fat and happy, and they are like, these union people, they're making demands that just ain't worth it. They're like pointing down. They're they're like totally in bed with the people at the top. They're in bed with the millionaires, the billionaire class, just like these parties are. He told me flat out Wall Street owns the Democratic Party. That is who their donors are. That is who they listen to stuff that I already knew. But a prophet hath no honor in his own hometown. Got to hear it from someone else for it to stick with some of you guys some of you all who are overly protectionist of the democratic party which is revolting as a democrat i find it repulsive that someone would be so reflexively protective of the democratic party that they miss the point that if you don't fight the democratic party your own party they're not going to change and you will never get what we need and people will die the poor will die as a result of your fecklessness of your unwillingness to do what must be done which is to critique the business class within the democratic party that is preventing us from getting past this whataboutism. If you don't understand what I'm saying, it's okay. But I would strongly suggest, first things first, go buy this book, Class Struggle Unionism by Joe Burns. Okay? There's a particular part in here. There's a particular part in here It talks about militarism putting the labor movement on a class struggle basis, getting past just trade unionism and getting to class struggle. Okay. Now you don't have to like that. That's just the way it has to be. Okay. And as you get in here, he talks about some of the very, very important tactics that people always ask me, what do you mean, Steve, what do you do? Well, he sits there. I'm going to read a passage from this book. He says, effective Uh, This is going to be tough, so I'm going to try and get some light on this. Unfortunately, it's going to make me shine, so forgive me. But he says effective unionism strikes at the core values of capitalist society, whereas the predominant set of ideas in society are based on individual profit. Uh, Unionism is based on collective good. That's why these class struggle ideas are so important on a very practical level. It would be a mistake to underestimate what we are up against. Once we move past symbolic civil disobedience and move into labor militancy. Okay, I love this. We rapidly come into sharp conflict with the existing order in a number of ways. By blockading or taking over the workplace, we are directly challenging the property rights of employers. Okay, that doesn't sound like just vote blue, right? That sounds like actually blocking taking over workplaces, blockading them. That's what I'm talking about, folks. When you all hear me talk about what are we going to do, I'm telling you, we're past the point of you voting your way to hell, to heaven or anything else. They don't care what you have to say. That's proven time and again. By disobeying instructions, we are defying the judiciary and setting our movement up as a parallel force in society. Oh, my God, have I ever said that before? Have I ever said that before? Have I ever said that before? Yes, I have. We have got to build institutions beyond the political parties outside to ensure that when they equivocate because of the moneyed interests, that we take direct action. By blocking scabs from entering workplaces or defending ourselves against police attacks, we are engaged in actions that will be deemed violent. Remember the January 6th insurrection or whatever you wanna call it, okay? We hear all this whataboutism. Well, I'm telling you right now, union struggle, hopefully it would never look like that, but the fact is that union struggle looks an awful lot like a war because that's what it is, it's a class war. I think a lot of you really, really have That Stockholm syndrome where you like take on your oppressor's bullshit and you kind of make excuses for them, and it's an illness. It's not a virtue. It's an illness. By interjecting ourselves into the employment relationship, we are directly challenging the process of capital accumulation. Oh, no. We really are, right? By rooting our struggle in a fight for control of the workplace. We struggle against exploitation at its source and challenge the basic structure of employment. Well, how many people do you think that just roll over and tell you there's nothing else that we can do? Woe be to me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, mind you, this guy is high up. He sees it. He's around. He's a lawyer. He's part of the deal. And he's telling you flat out the Democratic Party has been bought off since Clinton. This is not some wackadoo out there playing games with frickin' Ivermectin and eating horse paste. This is a guy who's literally in the mix of it with the union struggle. But sure, he's wrong, right? Sure, he's wrong. Go ahead. What about? Go ahead. He's wrong. I'm sure he's wrong, right? Come on, damn it. Be smart. Don't be a dullard. And he says, by utilizing industry-wide or general strikes, boy, where have I heard people talking about general strikes? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. By utilizing industry-wide or general strikes, we engage in overt class struggle, uh, uh, class-wide struggle that breaks free of the notion that we live in a classless society. All these actions are deeply destabilizing to the system. Corporations and the government will attempt to either crush or co-op such actions. Combating these employer strategies requires the class struggle ideas discussed in the previous chapters. Now, why is it that the Democratic Party is funded by billionaires? Why is it that Bernie Sanders says the Democratic Party is funded by billionaires? If you, if you think I'm full of shit, but you love Bernie, why is Bernie saying the exact same fucking thing I'm saying? Not what about some shit, guys. Get it straight. Stay focused. So you're actually helping people. Don't hurt people. Help people. Okay. Now, I want to re- finish off with this one very important thing. And this to me, This to me really is the important part of his book, and it comes out in the conclusion. So if you're gonna get this book again, Class Struggle Unionism by Joe Burns, and I strongly recommend it, I'm gonna read you the conclusion. He says, I've been doing labor work for more than three decades. I have sat in countless bargaining sessions, fought grievances, done arbitrations, approached workers about joining unions, worked on strikes, and held countless contract ratification meetings. I've closely followed the labor commentary over the last several decades and contributed to the debate. I believe the labor movement is adrift. We have no plans, no prospects, and most importantly, have not really come to grips that we are lost. A lot of you all seem like that when you keep telling me that the Democrats are still fighting for us. It's shameful. Stop doing it. okay? But it does not need to be that way. We need to free ourselves from the practical and ideological straitjacket that has been imposed on us in our unionism. We are up against a ruthless and uncompromising enemy, one which believes every sphere of human activity should enrich them as a class and views our unions as one of the few things that can prevent their domination. The billionaire class, he doesn't say Republicans, he doesn't say Democrats, he says the billionaire class, the billionaires donate to the Democrats, the billionaires donate to the Republicans. If you don't believe me, do the homework, it will make you a smarter and a better person for being correct, okay? The billionaire class views our unions as the enemy, as key institutions of the working class. Here you go, this is my favorite part. Like it or not, they are engaged in a class struggle against us. Us. Not Republicans. Not Democrats. Us. Remember Occupy, the 99% crossed both boundaries of Republican and Democrat. It was the 99% against the 1%. But there are people out there that try to blur the lines and ruin our chance of fixing the world by trying to make the Democrats the good guys, unassailable, and always right, while simultaneously making the Republicans always bad and always the devil. And this is how we get corporate Democrats that screw us while three-quarters of us are back to brunch. It's not that the Democrats are worse or better. They're the same in terms of, Effectiveness, because they're both fighting against labor. And this is coming straight from the Labor Notes Conference. This is coming straight from a book by one of the lead dogs in organizing labor. Keep fighting back. Keep pretending like I'm saying something that's wrong. And we'll just get nowhere and we'll die. Please, please do that. So he says, we have a choice. Are we going to continue on the failed strategies of the last decades, or are we going to adopt a philosophy with a proven ability to confront our enemies? He's talking class here. He's not talking Republicans, not talking Democrats. He said class, class enemies, okay? Class. Class struggle unionism is actually quite simple. It grounds all of our actions and all of our strategies on a single proposition that workers create all wealth and a system that allows the few to obtain billions of riches while the procedures of wealth, or excuse me, the producers of wealth live in misery and an illegitimate system. Once we accept that essential reality, and act as a class, victory will be ours. But we got a lot of class traitors, don't we? People telling us to shut up when we're ready to be militant. Why would they do that? Why would somebody that's supposed to be on our side clip the wings of the militant trying to fight for our class consciousness? Why would they do that? Why would they hate workers so much? Why would they diminish our power? Why would they use false idols to prop up as saviors. Why would they do that? It's all that whataboutism shit that keeps us from being purpose-driven, that keeps us from being focused, and keeps us from going after what we need to survive. I'm not going to have it. I won't tolerate it, personally. You all are free to tolerate it. Seems like most people have tolerated it my entire life. It's gotten us nowhere except near extinction. So, well played. I guess. Hmm. I am incredibly hopeful when I started work in the labor, labor movement, discussion of class issues was taboo. Those who questioned the unjust economic system were marginalized, but a lot has changed in the recent decades. The Occupy movement of 2011 put the 1% on the map introducing the billionaire class to popular discussion. The Black Lives Matter movement has shown the power of working people rising up against oppression. Now, let me just say this. Black Lives Matter grabbed the microphone from Bernie Sanders. Black Lives Matter grabbed the microphone from Hillary Clinton. And Black Lives Matter protested Donald Trump. They were not part of the Democratic Party. They were outside of the party. Okay. The things I'm advocating for are not that radical, but there are people that are so protectionist of the democratic party that they refuse to let us win. They want us to fail because they think the Democrats are somehow going to ride in on a horse and save them. Democrats, Republicans, the oligarchy owns them. Wake up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. This children's story is over. Unplugged from the matrix, you are literally allowing the false narrative to be the narrative. This whataboutism shit's got to end. Stop worrying about what the Dems are doing. Stop worrying about what the Republicans are doing. Let's worry about what we need as the 99% and give a popular movement to make politicians say, hey, I want to be part of that. Let me hitch my wagon to that and let me push that through the door. But they're not going to do that with you sitting there fighting and punching activists for trying to be militant to get things done if your goal is to just punch activists you're not being help at all in fact you're being a bootlicker for capital let's just be fair you're being a bootlicker for capital okay so the occupy movement of 2011 put the one percent on the map introducing the billionaire class to popular discussion the black lives matter movement has shown that power of working people rising up against oppression. The campaigns of politicians such as Bernie Sanders and AOC inspired millions to challenge a corrupt political system. However, as you've seen, they didn't get the job done, did they? In fact, you got AOC talking about Mama Bear. She's a politician. There isn't air cover to force them to challenge the neoliberal structure. There isn't enough movement pressure to make them the ones in power because too many are busy deflecting criticism where it belongs and therefore we never gain any traction on fixing the problem if it could even be fixed and that's out for discussion so Mass movements of workers such as the Wisconsin uprising and the Chicago and red state teacher strikes showed the real change comes from the working people getting in motion, not whataboutism, getting in motion, taking to the streets, making demands, becoming ungovernable, working with labor leaders and labor unions to effect change. We know from history that real change happens when ordinary working people refuse to accept their conditions. God bless. bootlickers! please listen to this line. We know from history that real change happens when ordinary working people refuse to accept their conditions. When millions rise up against the exploitation and demand a better world, not sit there and say, well, Republicans, Democrats, when they rise up and make a demand for a better world, we also know that class struggle unionism is a powerful ideology, one hated and feared by the billionaire class. We have a world to win, and the future is bright. See, I don't make this stuff up. I synthesize a lot of important people's work and I come up with understandings and I try and present them. Again, I'm a registered Democrat. Not because I like the Democrats, but because there's no other choice in the state. And also because there's really no point in worrying about which party at this point, because the fact is both parties are bought and paid for right now, literally by lobbyists. That's why you don't have a vote for Medicare for all. That's why you don't have a vote for a green new deal. That's why Nancy Pelosi called the green new deal, the green dream. But yeah, vote blue. Just vote blue. Vote for summer. Vote for Pedro, right? Really, really high end political analysis there. Really, really getting them where it hurts. This my friends is exactly why we must embrace a movement. Unions are talking about separating, not being such cuckolds for the democratic party. In fact, that's one of the most important things that's gonna come out of the interview in two weeks. We've gotta uncozy that relationship. That relationship's gotta stop being cozy because what happens is those leaders end up enjoying the five-star dinners, enjoying going golfing, enjoying all the benefits and perks of being in that one percent elite class and they stop taking care of the people but never fear there's always a bootlicker waiting to support them there's always somebody there waiting to pat them on the back and say it's okay those those the activists down there that are fighting for their lives they're the bad guys because they said you guys up there are the bad guys and so they're the bad guys i'm gonna punch down at those people right there that are fighting for their lives because they didn't say just vote blue it's a shameful existence to do that and we've got to get better than that because this whole what aboutism thing it's why old timers are saying no we shouldn't get rid of student debt it's why old timers are saying hey make better choices stop sitting there with all this crap about trying to get free stuff right it's all the what about is well, i paid my debt why can't you pay yours It's the shamefulness of all that whataboutism that's preventing us from surviving. It's also the feckless and fearfulness of others who put their hopes and dreams in elected politicians that are on the tip or on the dole of the billionaire lobbyists. The answer is we the people. We've gotta give them a popular movement. We've gotta give them something to think about that we're not just for sale, that they must meet our demands or we will make life a living hell. But if you're not gonna do that, we're gonna keep getting what we've always got. And the people that die, that's you, baby. That's on you. Don't be a coward and stop punching down. Stop punching down at people that are willing to stand up. It's not a good look. Be a defender of activists that are actually struggling to pay their bills. Be a, be, be a defender of someone that's got a need for Medicare for all, that is desperate for health care, not the person preventing them from getting it. Be their defender, not their defender. Learn a little bit of class, class solidarity. Be a part of the struggle, not part of the oppression. And stop the whataboutism, okay? Stop the whataboutism. It's gross. And I think we can all agree on that. So, with that, I'm Steve Grumbine with The Rogue Scholar. I'm asking you guys, please subscribe. Like, I'm a militant dude, man. I've gotten to the point now where I have had so much of my life destroyed over the policies of the Democratic Party, fighting about tweets that Donald Trump makes while simultaneously passing bills to celebrate two trillion and deficit reduction. I want you to understand, on Biden's watch right now, $2 trillion in deficit reduction and interest rates rising like they did in the 70s under Paul Volcker when people were literally brought to destitution. This is what a supermajority of the White House, Congress, and the Senate has got us. Does that sound very good to you? But what about, what about it? I'm out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com realprogressives real progressives.